Hello, it's Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au and I am thrilled today to be talking with the Ayurvedic woman herself, Deepika Dalminico. So welcome to the call, Deepika. Thank you, Joey. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is a treat. So Deepika is an Ayurvedic medicine practitioner and Ayurveda, for those of you who are not familiar with this funny sounding word, can be considered like the really old root mother form of naturopathy or homeopathy or the natural side of medicine, which Deepika can dive into more. So Ayurveda, my understanding, is starts in from, way back from Indian wisdom. Is that right, Dip? Absolutely, Joey. Yeah, 5,000 years of it. Oh, <laughs> just yesterday, hey? Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> on top of this, Deepika is also an anthroposophic naturopath and a number one best-selling author, and on top of this, Deepika is releasing a new book at the end of this month called The Ayurvedic Woman. And we are so lucky to have Deepika Hish here sharing so much of her rounded, holistic wisdom. And, you know, me coming from this university medical background, as well as having 20 years experience in the yoga and mindfulness world, part of my yoga apprenticeship was to study Ayurveda and the aspects of the doshas and, and looking at how these different energy systems impact us, our lifestyle, our choices. So I'm really fascinated by everything Deepika has to say and to share with us. And in particular, Deepika has taken an interest in the yoga of sound. Is that how you would describe it? The yoga of sound or? Absolutely. Yeah. The nada, the yeah. nada, the inner sound. And I think for our audience, so many of our listeners have sensory impairment where their organism, their body, their inner world is starting to create unusual sensations, mm. feelings and sounds. And these are all changing as they go through transformations in life for such a myriad of different reasons. And I think it's really beautiful to look at the health of sound within our body. And also for me, I mean, I find just closing my eyes and listening to the nature around me, whether it be the rolling waves or bird sounds or, you know, leaves and trees moving. I personally find sound so healing. It's like medicine. And if I'm ever just really needing to reconnect into presence, I will often use sound. So I'm just really excited to open up this conversation. So to start with, Divika, do you want to just talk a little bit about how you fell into this niche passion and how your heart guided you into this ancient wisdom? And, you know, what led you into this Indian world of Ayurveda and anthroposophic naturopathy? Absolutely. Thanks, Joey. So, I mean, I, I could talk until <laughs> the sun goes down and the moon comes up and still be on what led me deep into Ayurveda. But I loved how you just shared your own experience of sound and how you used sound as your own, for your own healing to cultivate your own presence because to me sound is the original medicine mm. and it's the medicine of our future and so everything is sound and ayurveda is sound and ayurveda was gifted to humanity more than 5000 years ago when you know these great wise enlightened beings could say that it was really hard to be in a human body even then Hmm. That negotiating our life in the world was difficult. And out of their compassion from the sound of silence, they uttered Ayurveda. They uttered Sanskrit sounds. And so 
Ayurveda is composed of a language of sounds that are resonance, that were born from silence. So everything in the entire universe is sound. Mm. And I think this is what really resonated so strongly with me when I was introduced to Ayurveda. Mm. Because the core of my own resounding presence responded to the sounds can, can of I, Ayurveda. Uh, and can I just ask, because I think this will be of real key interest to our listeners, but for you and your personal experience, what is the sound of silence? Because there's literally sound vibrations around us 24-7. It's not like they're ever absent. And I can tell you that from a, an acoustic exactly. engineering perspective in my audiology degree. So there's always sound waves hitting our eardrum. Mm. There's never an absence. So what is the sound of silence? Yeah. Well, it's unique to each individual's mm. experience and perception. Mm -hmm. But to me, sound is one thing and listening is another. And to understand and to experience the sound of silence for ourselves, for everybody, we start with listening. Mm. We have to listen in and we have to cultivate listening awareness. <clears throat> and to me, that means listening in with the ears of our heart, not listening with logic, not listening to the sound of the mind chatter, listening in to the sound of the heart. And so the sound of silence to me is really cultivating the capacity to listen in to that which resonates as unwavering, unquestionable truth. Mm. And sometimes it's almost like, well, I think it's really important for listeners to gauge that we have different ways of seeing, hearing and viewing the world. And for some of us, we haven't explored that conversation yet. So we're just kind of on autopilot grappling through life. But we can see things through judgment, right, wrong, better, worst, up, down, hot, cold, right? We can see things through our logic and reason. But we can also let go of all of that headstrong uh, I suppose, perspective and just really sink down into our body, down into our feet even, and start to feel and perceive and receive, be receptive, surrender, and like melt into this big oneness of the world. It's a totally different way of experiencing life. And that's why from day one, I get all of my clients to start with body scans, like actually start feeling and perceiving and receiving sensory input without judgment with an openness to learn, an openness to receive and a surrender. For some people, this takes literally years to comprehend. They just don't get it until one day they do get it. So I think always be open to your personal learning journey. And I think as long as you're willing and you want to learn, you'll get there. Anyone can do it, right? It's not, you don't need any kind of natural superpower. So do you want to speak a little bit about that surrender journey and learning receptivity and dropping into the heart, Deepika? Sure, absolutely, Joey. So it, we all have our own unique sound. There's a signature sound and it can only be experienced and lived into 
and shared in loving service with the world through the gesture of our own sound, the healing gesture of our own sound. And that means loving ourselves in essence. So the sound of silence is self-care. It's caring for oneself. It's listening in to what we need. Mm-hmm. And that's when you begin your practices with, with your people in body scanning. That's what you're doing. You're starting to care for self. And I think also starting to, because a lot of my clients, this is loud. Like this is so loud. Really loud. They can't escape it. And they're just like, what the hell is wrong with me? But at the, at a different way of looking at it is everything is right with you. And your body is intentionally communicating and the question is, yeah. are you willing to stop, pause, listen and receive the message? And yeah. really go into that place of self-love and I'm going to say it, self-acceptance. Yeah, <laughs> that, oh, that. <laughs> accepting the thunder and lightning, accepting the mud, accepting the ugly, accepting, yeah. you know, the, the internal hatred and going, wow, I hate myself right now. Can I love myself through that self-hate? You know, like yeah. just really going into all the deep, dirty nasties because invariably once the body has been registered the sounds change again and you know sometimes life is unicorns and rainbows and pleasant and lovely and joyful and other times it's really hard but can we love all of it yep and it's all about having no preference for either so we yeah. do not have to have a preference for the unicorns and the rainbows and the lovely, <laughs> joyful, fluffy bits. And we do not have to have an aversion to the shitty, dark, dank, really painful, really tough, really uncomfortably loud bits because we're 99% well. Mm-hmm. Always. You <laughs> know, there's, we're, we're 99% well. And, and, and it is just a sound of a pattern. It's a resonance. Everything is resonance. So whatever's uncomfortable, whatever's really comfortable is a pattern, a sound pattern. It's a resonance. Mm. And so it's about understanding that everything we work with and do is qualitative. Mm-hmm. It's qualitative and it's working with, with this sound of silence, which is ultimately consciousness. It's, it's just working toward creating a quality of resonance that has a, a, a light to it mm. that works from our most subtle being outwards. Mm. Our really, really subtle channels, the channels of the mind, mm. the nerve activity is so subtle, it responds first to sound. Mm. It is so subtle, the it, the, the sound itself cannot penetrate the physical easily. Light cannot penetrate the physical. It's too gross easily. So we work from inward out. We illumine from inward out. We heal from inward out. This is how sound is medicine of past now and where we're going because it's sonically penetrating mm. and, and I, changes I, things qualitatively. So what we hear changes. It changes. And I just want to reiterate that we heal from the inside. And I think one of the key messages I am sending the world is trust your body, trust what you're feeling, trust what you're healing, hearing, 
and trust that your brain, your body, and your heart actually know how to reset and rewire and re-synapse for you to become the highest and best version of yourself. No teacher, no partner, no doctor, no psychologist, no psychiatrist, no therapist, no osteopath, no chiropractor, no massage therapist. Nobody else can do this for you. Like it is a personal inner process that is generated from within you. And I loved what you said about sound really being a consciousness, an awakening, a presence. And I had one beautiful client who did an amazing job at healing herself. And at one point she was like, oh my God, you know, I feel like I'm only just turning into an adult. She's like, I'm feeling like I'm just like, you know, there was a little bit of judgment happening, like as if, why haven't I got this earlier, you know? And I was like, no, 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 no. You've been an adult for decades. Like you're totally doing the adult thing. But what I'm seeing is your awakening. You're actually starting to gain your consciousness and reclaim your power. And you're getting this supersonic sensitivity to what's actually going on in your realm. Because previously you were numb. You weren't able to receive this. You weren't able to participate as fully in your world. You were just like busy getting by and surviving. Yes. And now there's been this process of awakening and softening and consciousness. And so if anyone else out there relates to that, I just want to like celebrate you because the more people we have in the world awakening and softening and surrendering and receiving and deeply interacting with their inner and outer worlds, like what a beautiful place the world can become as more of us have that intention. Totally, Joey, totally, because this is really healing the sacred feminine aspect in each of us. Hmm. It's not forced. It's soft. You know, the, for, the, for the health of the organism, it takes a particular kind of warmth. Mm-hmm. And anything that we do in life, anything, even if it's like I'm going on a health kick and I'm going to get fit and run really hard and do <laughs> lots and lots of, <laughs> you know, really strong yoga asana or what, whatever we do and I'm going to eat this way and do things this way, is hard it's forced Hmm. and so on the chart (laughs) on a on a chart um it it may appear as fitness and ticking boxes but in the organism Hmm. the right kind of warmth is not there Hmm. because that's forced to me and the the feminine is soft is flowing Mm. And that's the awakening that you're speaking of. Mm. And that's the kind of world we're dreaming of that, that we're dreaming of, but it's absolutely possible. It starts with us. We're whole, we're complete. Mm. All we have to do is remember. And connect like so much. Reconnect. We have to connect to our inherent nature. And if we can't even identify with what that sounds like, mm then it's very difficult. And so whatever's happening with us, the question really is, what is it trying to show us about ourselves? And I would, I would, I feel that everybody actually knows that message. Yes. You know, I've met people who are like, I don't know, I can't hear my body, I don't get it, I can't tap into my wisdom. But you know what? Quite quickly they get it. And so for those of you listening who are just like, oh, this is beyond me, it's really not. Like it's actually simple. And I truly believe everybody is capable of it the minute they're willing 
to be humble and to soften into it. You know, these answers come to us. It's almost childlike. And the wisdoms within what we're feeling and hearing are so accessible to us. It's just unfortunately the truth that we've never been taught how to do this. It's not in our schooling system. Our parents probably didn't know and couldn't teach us. And so we can, we can even get to being 60, 70, 80 years old and still have no idea how to trust our bodies and tune in and listen. But I've got clients who are in their 80s and they're learning. So it's, it's mm. honestly something that's always reachable if we're willing to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, really look in at what's feeling alive mm. and what we're needing because that's universal. That's <laughs> whilst there's, you know, thousands and thousands of variants in ways things manifest for us, the fundamental needs are similar. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. this is why Ayurveda is such a great gift because Ayurveda understood this mm. and really gave us uh, the tools to bring the governing forces inherent in all of nature and in our own human nature mm. into alignment so that we can recognise what these things are at any age that we need to be doing. Mm to heal, to remember, to accept, to love. Yeah, beautiful. And I really feel it's so important that we give ourselves permission to be dynamic. Like we kind of live in this brainwashed culture of always being happy and always being beautiful and always being sexy and skinny and earning Mm. money and this real like magazine style Hollywood media culture where it's like totally normal to age. Like I can't wait till I get a bunch more wrinkles. Like bring it Mm. on. Like it's Mm. normal to change your body shape. It's normal to have hormonal ups and downs. And like, as you enter menopause, you drop that estrogen, you become more fierce. And these are normal transitions. And I think, no, that the things that you needed last year to fill your cup and make you feel full of well-being and blah, 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 that might not be what you need today. So a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm eating well and I'm meditating and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Like, why do I feel this way? And it's like, because you're not listening to your body. You're doing what you thought you needed a year or three ago. And you need to constantly, and this is why the Rocksteady process that I've developed is so different. It doesn't prescribe you what you need. It helps you to figure out how to listen to your body and learn what you need. So every day of your life, you're tapping back into your wisdom. And that process is forever, you know. Yes. And I think that is the missing secret juice of so many people's healing is they're looking for an external prescription or treatment or fix instead of going within and saying, oh, okay, I get it now. My body's just told me. Yeah. It's the only way out, isn't it? In. You've got to go in. <laughs> you have to go in. Yeah. Now, Deepika, would you like to share a little bit about this beautiful book, The Ayurvedic Woman, that you're just about to birth into the world at the end of this month, five days' time? Congratulations. Thanks, Joey. Tell us anything and everything. Yeah. So The Ayurvedic Woman is really about being able to navigate all the cycles, all the seasons, Mm. all the phases and transitions of a woman's life Mm -hmm. and to really tap into that really sacred anatomy, those inner places and to 
heal that great feminine mm. in order to remember. Can I ask a controversial question? Yes. Just while we start. Please do. Could it be said, I'm just feeling intuitively, that this yeah. book's actually really valuable for men to read too because of being yeah. feminine and women? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And, in fact, one of the endorsements by a great colleague on the cover of the book, um, Tim Mitchell shares that this book is a must for all men who wish to know the great feminine and women mm. more deeply and intimately. And, and, and I've always well. enjoyed... Pardon me? And the feminine within themselves as well. Totally. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's really about understanding um, all of these phases, as I said, of life and how to navigate them and understanding the life processes, the seven life processes. So to be able to digest life more fully, mm. understand all of the metabolic cycles and create hormonal health in all phases of life from you know through the menstrual years fertile years perimenopause the transition of menopause and then the big maha golden second half of life mm -hmm. and to understand that this is where the cracks appear particularly for women because it's a more spiritualized phase of life Mm. and so the physical forces are changing not to give you headache and heartache and aches and pains and massive challenges and difficulties but to stop buying the bullshit contemporary messages putting bandages on wounds mm. and to understand that you're a spiritual being in a physical body mm. and the forces that were tied in with reproductive health are changing so that you experience that more fully. Mm. And if you do that, it's an insightful, rich, wise, amazing part of life. But if not, the mineralizing forces, the hardening, the drying, the contraction and narrowing, the fear mm. become more dominant, so much greater. And so this book shows and explains all of this in phases of life, how to cleanse and clear the inner pathway of the accumulations of living in a really switched on world, how to really deeply nourish one's being and what that looks like and how that may be, how to pull the weeds out of the inner garden, yeah. how to really mature and blossom. Mm. And then what's your legacy? Purpose. What, what are our gifts? Purpose, meaning, mm. what we're sharing, what we're giving to the world. And really what, valuing that. Like honestly, when, totally valuing when you that. can wake up in the morning and value what you're, what you're contributing and what you're offering your community and what you're offering the world, I mean, that does so much for our well-being and for our new So much. Health. So much. And this is radiance. This is yeah. where our radiance is born from. This is the effulgent light. This is what attracts us to people and think, what is it about this being? There's, there's something I'm drawn to. Hmm. Maybe somebody known to you or somebody you brush past in the street and it's like, whoa, <clears throat> what was that? There's, there's a presence, there's a radiance when we tap into that source. So this book really looks at um, our resonance by grand design. 
the sound of our being and we go into the Sanskrit sounds and into Mantra Purusha, which is the subtle sound body, the map of the entire human and all our body parts, all our tissues from the grossest to the subtle in sound, in vibration and resonance and shows how to use that as like, it's like the ancient and modern secret weapon <laughs> for what I call spiritual hygiene to just as you'd brush your teeth each day, you, you can brush all the channels of your mind, of the nerves, of the marrow, of the bone, of the plasma, the blood. Do you want to know what, what I really love about this is like, unfortunately, and honestly, my heart bleeds. This is one of the driving forces of my career is so many people are afraid of what their body sounds like. Like they are devastated. They're petrified. They're so rejecting and hating it. You know, this tinnitus, blah, blah, you know, I can't work, I can't this, I can't, it's just full-on rejection. And it's like if we flip that around and go, hang on a minute, this is my path to healing. If I can hear it and just soak it in like a bathing myself in nourishment and this sound and use sound as a force for healing as opposed to, you know, in, in, in contrast to a force of destruction, yeah. this is what another way people can view their inner world absolutely because it's 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 commanding of them to be present to it by the loudness of the sound itself oh yeah you know, and it's like ding 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 it's like wake up come on wake up we're here totally, totally. yeah i know that in india i'm quite sure i learned this while i was studying over in pune and and doing some work with the ayingas in India, part of their cultural beliefs is that when you hear sounds such as tinnitus, you're blessed by the gods. So for them, well, there's the celestial sounds, and one of the one of the great things that people experience on spiritual paths when they're doing practices is they're opening up the the channels, mm. the 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 inner um, nadis are mm. opening up, and celestial sounds can in fact be heard. And each morning, I do it. Um, in my own nada practice, my own sound-based practice, I do toning exercises which really work on quality and resonance and they mm. clear all of the channels but one particular sound I do opens up all of the, the hearing channels. Mm. And uh, that's what it's designed to do. And when making this sound, um, you can feel it. The more you do it, you can feel it subtly opening up and spreading out. Curiously, it also opens up the heart. It's a sound of the heart. Yeah. And, and one can, in making this sound, not only feel it through here, but make a gesture with the hand mm -hmm. to open the heart at the same time. I've got a, a kind of a curious question for you on behalf of my listeners. So when I do the beautiful balance private therapy work with my clients and they're learning to go in to listen to self-love, self-soothe, self-support, all of that, generally speaking, they're not looking to open up their sound channels. They don't want more sound. They're wanting more peace and quiet and relief. And so that's kind of generally um, the route I'm supporting them in. Mm. So my question for you is, if people want, I suppose, a, um, less sound mm. as opposed to like, they're already overwhelmed by it, right? So they, what we're doing is teaching the brain to filter out sounds that are not serving them mm -hmm. so that only sounds that are useful are coming through, such as 
you know, music, birds, trees, voices, mm. door knocking, you know, mm. we want sound. We don't want to suddenly have nothing, mm. but we don't necessarily want to have the internal rumble and roaring and screeching and squealing that is not serving us. So, so do you want to speak to that? Absolutely. It's, it's, these sounds are not designed to open up and allow in more rumbling and grumbling. I mean, if I choose to listen into a drone, to really listen in and get present in myself, I can listen to a garbage truck, mm. you know, or I could listen to um, a, a drill, a, a dentist drill, dare I say. I don't think I would choose that, <laughs> but I could if I wanted to. And it could be a drone that soothed me mm. because it's just a sound. Mm. It's a pattern. Mm. I could listen to that and, and make it a drone just as I would the tanpura or the birds or it's the waves. It's just an airway vibration. It's an airway vibration. So the first thing we have to do, like in Ayurveda, we, patif- we pacify vata mm-hmm. because that's movement. That's motion. Mm. And, and it moves. Everything moves because, as you say, Joey, everything's dynamic. Nothing is stagnant. So, of course, we want to use sounds that open up channels because the sounds aren't moving optimally. Mm. Or, the, or these sounds wouldn't be there, the discomfort and the loud rumblings wouldn't be there. I think, I think another nice visual for people who are kind of not used to some of this Sanskrit language, yeah. if you were to think about a river flowing and with all sorts of little creeks and things coming off the side and having a really healthy flowing system to the ocean, just think about the health in that moving water, Right. And then yeah. if we contrast that to a river that's sludgy or stuck or going through drought and it can't exactly. flow, it's stuck, there's exactly. not health in the river system. So that's Exactly, and that's the sound that people are hearing, Joey. So yeah. you, want to, you want to get back in the flow of the river mm-hmm. and let it ultimately take that's the, the sound, take the debris, <laughs> take all the gunky, mucky bits you don't like down to the ocean Yeah, where it merges. Yeah, beautiful. And you won't lose yourself. You'll find yourself. <laughs> and, and you'll find that you've always been whole and perfect and you'll complete remember. and beautiful. And it was yeah. all a misunderstanding. Yeah. And yeah. you go, ah, oh, shoot, why didn't I learn that 20 years ago? Exactly. So the sound practices, that, um, the, the Nada sound practices, when I say open up these channels, mm. they open them so that movement is unimpeded. Flow. So that movement is flowing, communication, process and flow. Like, you know, I always say if I had a dollar for every time in clinic or educatively or, you know, that I have said it's all about the body is a series of channels from the most complex, grossest to the most subtle and intricate. And it's about communication, process and flow. Mm. So when we work with these sounds, their resonance has quality to optimise all communication, all process, all flow. Yeah. Can I just add something in there? Because this is bringing up something that I'm seeing a lot in clinic as well. So for this, what was communication, process and flow? Flow. Flow, yeah. So just to give people a real life example, someone might come to me, you know, raging tinnitus or dizziness and we're going through this work and we're listening and we're listening and we're nurturing and we're nurturing and it can come to a point where they're like, my career is killing me or this relationship is toxic or, and they will start to come to these realizations themselves that there is an area of their life that is blocked. Now it's not always as serious as changing a marriage or changing career, 
but they're just two really obvious big examples people can relate to. Sometimes it is more subtle or it's never overcoming the grief of losing a pet that you loved and feeling silly that you're grieving so much for a pet when actually the body needs to grieve. And it's, it's a big deal when you lose a pet you love, you still need to allow that grief to flow. You need the communication process and flow or your rivers are drying up. Yeah. So just to bring it into a context of how this can be physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually relevant in our day-to-day life, healing is really all about making choices that serve you. When you say no to other people because it's not something that you want to do and it's not serving your health and well-being, when you say no to that thing, you're saying yes to yourself and your rivers are flowing. And learning these skills about making choices and saying yes to yourself more often helps you be the better partner, the better mother, the better sister, whatever, right? The better father, the better brother, the better X, Y, Z. So saying yes to yourself allows your rivers to flow internally. And when you say no to yourself, you're drying up. Like the problems are starting to accumulate. And some people have lived a life of many patterns of saying no to me and yes to everyone else. And so it's a really big paradigm shift to step into that worth of saying, actually, I'm worth this. I value myself. Yeah, it's like a quantum leap for some people. But it takes us full loop to the beginning of where we began. It starts, you know, what is the sound of silence? Well, you have to listen. You have to cultivate listening in and to say yes to oneself really commands that you listen in Mm. to what you need to do for yourself. Yeah, because you can't say yes until you even know what you're saying yes to. Yes. So you've got to go deeper every day and it's a gentle process. It's a beautiful process And I personally think it's the biggest gift you can ever give yourself is that practice of listening, honoring your inner wisdom and actually learning what your yes is. Like discover it. You might not even know it yet. Well, I think it makes us more, it makes us more fully human. It gives us greater capacity to love. Yep, definitely. Certainly greater capacity to, to accept, to accept ourselves, to accept Mm. others. And to actually feel instead of numb out and just be in survival mode of doing, like to actually be and feel and surrender and soften. I mean, it's all just up from there. Yeah. That's my personal lived experience. I've tried both. And and I can tell you it's much more satisfying. My life is so much more rich in honestly every area, physical, mental, emotional, spiritually. I am learning all the time. I feel more open. I feel more powerful. Like honestly, tapping into that innate inner power, it's, I'm not special. Everyone's got it. I'm starting to feel it. And I think this is where I'll say to people, you know, I don't really work with symptoms. I work with people's desire. I work with helping them reclaim their power. I work with helping them recognizing how whole they are. Like Mm. it's not about symptoms and getting rid of symptoms. That's like just all a distraction. Mm. And so coming back to your book, The Ayurveda Woman, which we recommend for not only women, but also men and people who don't identify as either man or woman. Yes. Well, it's for humans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, How would people get your book? So we could direct them to the dipikadelmenico.com website. Yes, exactly. And there'll be a link to the book page on there Mm -hmm. and it's available 
as you will see from there, it will take you directly to all the online retailers to Amazon, Book Depository, Booktopia, Barnes & Noble. Mm, how exciting. And if people want to get in touch with you, whether that's for a public speaking event or to connect with you personally or from your website? Absolutely, Joey. Yes. Yeah. You can contact me via the website via deepikadelmenico.com. I will have a link to that at the bottom of this podcast. And Good on you, Joey. That's so great. Deepika, D-I-P-I-K-A, Delmenico, D-E-L-M-E-N-I-C-O. Yes, perfect. Dot com. Deepika, Delmenico.com. Great. So it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you. And I know we could extend this on for like a three. I reckon we could, Joey. (laughs) (laughs) But I really encourage people to follow this through if you resonate with the beautiful healing quality and the Ayurvedic essence of healing with sound. And for those of you with either vertigo or tinnitus who are looking for a really practical daily support program, go to seekingbalance.com.au, check out my Rocksteady self-study program, and that will teach you how to step-by-step start listening, start honoring your wisdom, and start going through the practical steps towards awakening and really being that higher, better version of yourself. So that resource is really priceless, and I just recommend you look into that if you're in any way struggling with what you're feeling in your body. So I'm Joey Remini from seekingbalance.com.au. Tipika Delmenico, you're a beautiful woman, and thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, Joey. God bless everybody who's, who's watching and listening. Absolutely. So it's a bye for now. <laughs>